This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, August 4th, 2023, and we've just completed uh, the first month of the third quarter, and we're moving into August. And, you know, this is the first week that the market has been bad. I mean, we didn't have an up week in the Dow this week, which was interesting, or the Nasdaq, I think. And it only feels like time is moving fast, but, you know, to me, it moves very fast. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm here today to help you become a better investor. That's my goal. Me and Justin try to answer your questions, to try to give you data and information and perspective on the market, the economy, what's going on. Uh, And all we can do is provide the information that you ask for, and we will do that. We've done, you know, we've had many, many years. I've had over 50 years, 50, I would say, yeah, 50 years for me of investment experience. So I've got a lot of experience in it, but you know what? Markets change all the time. It's never the same. It's really, it's a dichotomy. It's never the same, but it also sometimes is the same. The patterns are the same, but it's always different too. And I know that sounds confusing, but I can't. I don't know how to describe it. You know, you're going to have up down up markets and down markets, and that's always the same. That there's always movement up and down, up and down. But sectors change, degree of movement changes, velocity changes. Uh, many things change. You know, industries take the lead and change. I mean, it's that's going to be one of my main talking points today. How layoffs. And AI, artificial intelligence, are impacting the tech workers. I mean, that's a big, AI is making a massive change in the tech industry. The markets change. This is what makes it difficult to, you know, navigate your way through. With experience, you become more and more aware that you have to be kind of flexible but you also got to stay the course at the same time. It's it's just difficult, everybody. But I think it's it's doable, and I don't think it's something that an individual can't do. I think you can do it. I think anybody who has enough interest in the market can figure this out. You don't have to hire people like me. You don't have to. I want you to hire us, but you don't have to. And that's what I'm hoping this show. See, I got two two purposes on this show. One is to teach you. Okay, how to do it. And the other is to inform you how difficult it is to do. And if you don't want to do it, that's what we're here for. We're the backstop for you. Okay? My focus point today, how layoffs and AI impact tech workers. You know we've had a bunch of layoffs in the tech industry. I'll tell you exactly how many have when we get to it. But what what about artificial intelligence? That is booming. So we're going to talk about that. Time permitting, I got some other stuff I want to talk about. The jobs report for July came out. Nothing really surprising there, but it's, I got some interesting uh, interesting stats to share with you. And should you short 
the long-term treasury bill. Should you short it? Do you know what I mean by shorting it? That means predict that the interest rates are going to go up for the long-term treasury bill, regardless of what the Fed does. And Tesla's owners say cars, Tesla cars, reach only a half of the range they advertised. Hmm. Of course, there's going to be a class action suit, or at least that's what they're trying. And then Apple, Samsung, and Hewitt-Packard freeze imports to India. Laptop, tablets, they freeze all their imports to India. What's going on there? Need to share that with you, too. So it's kind of interesting, kind of a, I guess, I'm guessing it's a tech, it's a tech day for me, except for the long-term treasury thing. We're going to talk about tech, okay? Anyways, time permitting, we'll get to those things. I see we have some voice bank questions ready and to play. Best Investment Options is one of them. Borg Warner Inc. is another, BWA. I might be able to fit in an iTunes review question as well, so hopefully we can do that. And since it's Friday, I will share excerpts from the newest KPP Premium Newsletter that is coming up at the halfway point of the podcast. These podcasts go pretty fast, so you got to pay attention. I've got a lot planned, as I usually do. I try to make it interesting as I can for those people who are interested in the market. People who are not interested in the market probably find all this stuff pretty boring. But if you've listened to me this thus far, you are one of the people that I like talking to. So, of course, we want to get to your live calls first. Any of you can make those anytime you want. 888-99-CHARTER is our number, 888-992-4278. So what did the market do today? It went down. Dow was down 150, and the Nasdaq down 50, and the S&P down 24. So it was a down week for the market as well. So, but that's the first down week we've had in some time. So uh, you can't really complain about it. I'm not complaining. We don't complain. We just uh, observe and try to figure things out and try to look forward to what's going to happen next. Let's go to Gene in North Carolina. He wants to talk about bond rating agencies. Hi, Gene. Hey, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, so this week, uh, the bond rating agency Fitch, Fitch uh, they, yes. they lowered the rating of the U.S. Treasuries, and I yep. think you might remember I asked you if this was a possibility a couple of weeks ago when there was yep. a debt ceiling uh, debate. Yep. And I'm wondering, so they, it was uh, over 10 years ago, the other bond, AD, bond rating agency, uh, Standards & Poor, also lowered, lowered the U.S. It. Treasury. Yes. yes. And so there's, I know there's at least one more, Moody's, which has not. Uh, agency that has not lowered the U.S. Uh, Treasury rating. I'm wondering, is there any other bond rating agencies that are that are important of importance? I know I think that there is. Lipper and Morningstar. Yes, they rate yeah. mutual funds and ETFs, but I don't, do they rate U.S. Treasuries? I think Lipper does. Um, I, I'm, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure. That would be a very good question. Maybe I can take some time out and look that up. But I think there's three major rating agencies, if I remember right. And we already know two of them. Um, and what's interesting, that's going to be part of my talking point, is should you be shorting long-term treasuries? One of my points is that the U.S. has been downgraded, you know, as far as quality of bonds. And so far, no one's reacted to that. Have you noticed that, Gene? I mean, no one's reacted to it. They're going, uh, uh-huh, so what, uh-huh. And I'm thinking... Someday someone's going to be reacting to this, and that's why I was thinking, is it might 
be a play to short, long-term treasury? Because I think interest rates are going to rise. Because, you know, people are buying our debt, right? And our debt has just been downgraded. I mean, it's still a strong debt, of course, and all that wonderful stuff. But, you know, they're not paying hardly anything for people to hold on to 30 years of our debt. So I'll check into that at a break point, okay, Gene? And, and I'll get back to you, I promise, okay? Thanks a lot. Thanks, Gene. Thanks for the call. As we heard, to, uh, as we head into a break, let me tell you about a new video feature we are producing. It's called the Invest Talk Sector Spotlight, and it is free on YouTube. The second episode is available now, and it talks about the energy sector. Now, as you may know, the energy sector is very volatile, and energy sector is changing, especially with the ongoing war in Ukraine, and then the wake of the fallout from COVID. And, you know, the, the, the move toward electric vehicles, energy investments are going to change. So there's going to be opportunities as well. So you need to be informed. And that maybe that was what maybe that uh, spotlight will help you. OK, so head over to YouTube channel and check out the Invest Talk Sector Spotlight. And now my phone lines are open waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Justin Klein talks about the KPP Financial Premium Newsletter. I want to remind you that this is a time where you probably need some guidance and you're tuning in to try to get our view of the markets. And we only have an hour here. And and sometimes the way I distill each day can be maybe not enough, maybe not enough time. And so our premium newsletter is a great tool for especially newer investors trying to learn some things. The KPP Financial Premium Newsletter comes to your mailbox every Saturday. Learn how to analyze the market, learn what the economic numbers mean, learn how to manage a portfolio, maybe get an idea of what are good companies to be at least looking at. Maybe you don't buy it today, but you should always have a watch list of companies that hey, these are interesting. These have good businesses. And if they get the right price, maybe I should buy them. So our newsletter is a great tool for that. Subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Investtalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-99 chart. Okay, there are three bond rating agencies, three major bond rating agencies. So, Gene, I wanted to look that up, and I did. It's Standards and Poor's, you mentioned, and then Fitch ratings, you mentioned, but Moody's is the third one. thought there was three. I just, you know, drew a blank there. You know, again, senior moment, senior moment. But those are the three, Standard and Poor's, Global Ratings, Moody's, and Fitch ratings. And all of them have a letter and number associated with the ratings, and you know you can get into all that. But there's are there are three. Okay, let's go to David in New Hampshire. Hi, David. Hi, Steve. Um, I have a question about, uh, or I'm looking at buying Honeywell H O N right now, and I wonder what you thought about it from a technical, fundamental, and economic perspective. Is it the right time to be buying Honeywell? Okay, uh, let's take a look, a look at Honeywell. The symbol is H-O-N. Provides automotive and aerospace, and aerospace products, security technology, specialty, uh, specialty, specialty chemicals, and engine systems. It's $189. Forward PE is 20, which is kind of steep. So that's your, that's your negative point. Uh, there's not a lot of growth. 
Uh, earnings are going up fairly nicely. I mean, it's going to be nine seventeen this year, up four percent, but next year up ten percent to ten dollars. But sales growth is is in the two percent to six percent range for the last two years. So sales growth is not what you're buying this company for. It pays a two point two percent dividend. You buy it when it's cheap, and I don't think it's cheap. I think it's kind of expensive. So I probably if you if you're waiting for an opportunity. I'd probably wait till they got it down to the 190 area from, um, I'm sorry, 180, 80, 180 maybe, uh, somewhere around there, maybe 185. Uh, it looks like it's coming off its high, but it's still falling. You got to wait till it stops falling. And it could stop at about 185, which is not far from where it is right now. So it could be, you know, a low. But it's not still a cheap stock. It's expensive. The next support, strong, strong support, is about 165 to 170. So I don't think it's going to go below that. I don't. Um, but I wouldn't buy it here because it just it seems expensive. Good, re- Very good return on equity, 34%. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds are slowly buying it. So, you know, it's, it's a positive as far as that is concerned. But I think... You got to worry about. Looks like they're starting to sell off, and take, some people are taking profits on it. Let that let that settle down. You know, I think it'll go sideways. But give you an opportunity to get it, get in. Let it go sideways for a week or two. I think it'd be better off just doing that. Good company, though, David. Um, let's go to Jason in Illinois. Hi, Jason. Hi, Steve. I was calling today about uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines. Um, they had a good pullback this week. Um, it's a company I've been thinking about taking a position in and wondering if you think this would be a good entry point or uh, what your thoughts were. They had earnings uh, this week, which were pretty good. Yeah, I think the cruise lines are finally recovering. They're going to be making money this year and more and more money next year. I think they're recovering. Okay, so your biggest worry about any and all the cruise lines is debt because they all had to take on a lot of debt to survive covid Right? I mean, they, they were shut down to nothing for a couple of years there. I mean, for three years, they lost all many. 2020, they lost $8 a share. 2021, they lost $8 a share. 2022, they lost almost $4.60 a share. This year, they're going to make $0.82. Cents. Next year, $1.58. So we know that they are recovering. This is looks like to me a fairly good uh, bounce uh, off the bottom that it made back in September of 2022, started to come up, retested it a little bit, came up even higher to to like 20, $22, $23 a share. Now it's pulling back again. I think it's going to pull back probably very close to where it is now, maybe $15 to $16. And I think that would be a good buy point because that, because of, I, long as they can handle the debt, that's always my biggest concern. Because cash flow is still negative for them. And they have a lot of debt. So that's my biggest fear. If they can handle the debt, I think they'll come out. And I think they'll come out pretty good. Get back to 3 and $4 a share earnings. And that means the stock is very underpriced if that happens. Okay? Thanks. Okay, thank Thanks. you very much. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate the call. NCLH, Norwegian Cruise Line. 
We're going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime, leave your questions on the Invest Talk Voice Bank, or if you're listening via live stream at AM 1220 or AM 1220, give us a call, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is constantly changing, and serious investors know that they need to modify their portfolio assets to fit the times. And now, with more than 50 million downloads, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley reaffirm their commitment to providing unbiased finance and investment guidance here on Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Dave in Ohio. Hi, Dave. How you doing? Hi, Steve. Uh, frequent listener. Thank you. Hey, your, your thoughts on the... Ju- your thoughts on the Johnson and Johnson uh, split in the Kenview? Um, I own about 800 shares, and I was thinking about exchanging about half of them. Uh, your thoughts? What is your uh, percentage of Johnson Johnson holdings in your overall portfolio? About five percent. Okay, so when you split, you'll still have about five percent. And my personal belief is you should just hold on to them. Johnson Johnson, everybody. Let me talk to everybody else. Uh, a split is usually beneficial even though it doesn't add one dime of value to your holdings it's usually a positive event and johnson johnson is selling for 169 dollars a share what is the split amount uh, you know i should know that but i don't uh do you know that um dave is it two for one uh, no. go ahead i think it was seven uh, a little over seven seven for one yeah so you're going to end up seven times the number of shares, but it won't. You'll still only have five percent of your portfolio. You just have a lot more shares. Uh, the, de- the dividend yield is two point eight percent, which is not high, but they have a return on equity of thirty six percent and a cash flow of eleven dollars and thirty five cents. It's a very well run company. Sales growth is six percent in the most recent quarter, and it has and that's what it averages around six seven percent. Um, earnings about uh, up five percent this year, one percent. But the value is pretty reasonable. Ford PE is at 15, and the five-year range is 13 to 21. So there, I don't see a reason to sell it unless you just want to diversify more because you think 5% is too much. I don't think 5% is too much of your portfolio. I don't. When it gets up to about 10%, then I start to get a little bit nervous and say, maybe you should take some profits there. You know, but like, uh, Ken, go ahead. Yeah, Kenview pays a little higher dividend. Yeah. Yeah, I do like dividends. I will tell you, I've mentioned that many times. I do like high dividends. And there's a lot of companies out there, good, solid, big blue chip companies that are paying pretty good dividends. And Johnson Johnson's dividend is a little on the weak side to me. It is. So if you want to switch out this blue chip for another blue chip because you think it has more prospects and it's paying a higher dividend, I, I wouldn't mind trading some of your shares for that. That would not... Bother me in the least. Just don't over diversify. Don't don't own you know fifty, sixty stocks, different companies. That, that just it just you get lost and nothing you do benefits your portfolio or hurts it. It just follows the S and P. So uh, just don't get overly diversified. But I don't have a problem with you trading some of your shares for Johnson. Trade in Johnson Johnson for some other strong company that's paying a higher dividend. Have no issues with that at all. Good luck, David. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. My focus point looks at the story, how layoffs and AI are impacting tech workers. 
Layoffs have hurt workers, but a booming artificial intelligence market is giving the industry a renewed sense of optimism. And it's, you know, everybody's talking about it, right? Everybody thinks it's the next great thing is AI. And by the way, so do I. Uh, uh, but when everybody starts talking about it, you you, you got to be aware that it will start getting overheated, that whole sector. For instance, and this is what I could describe as overheated, is last year... Um, AI startup deals, artificial intelligence startup deals, uh, announced and finalized uh, in the first quarter, uh, totaled about $12 billion. What was about the same period the year before? $4.5 billion. So it went from $4.5 billion year over year to $12 billion year over year. That is a lot of money pouring into one sector of the tech industry. Right, AI. I'm not saying it's not. It's a bad thing. It's not. I think it's going to make AI, you know, boom. And I think it's it's going to be somebody. It's going to, and that doesn't even count. Let me to put it this way: that doesn't even count Microsoft and Amazon and Google investments in AI. Right? We're talking about startups, startup deals for AI. But means investment dollars are pouring into that sector. So, I think we got to be aware of that. Be you know, uh, you know, I I think you need to be a participant in it. Doesn't necessarily in the startups, but at least in maybe one of those three companies: Amazon, Alphabet, or Google, and Microsoft, or all three. I don't care. I'm just saying that's where the money's going. That's where the excitement is in the industry. And those people laid off, remember remember just a few months ago how many layoffs in the tech industry were announced? And everybody thought that maybe that's going to be causing the, will drive us into a recession. It didn't, but that was the talk that it was going to or might. And that was, a, people were saying, well, this is the signal that we're going to go into recession. The tech industry, they're, they're laying off all these people when they're booming their sales. At the same time, they're putting a ton of money into AI. So, so, I just think you need to be in that space somewhere. I really do. I think it's the future. We're headed into a break. Coming up soon, excerpts from the KPP Premium Newsletter. But now, I welcome, welcome your financial investment questions. And no question is too simple or too complex. I'm going to answer it. Even if I have to say I don't know. I'm still going to answer it. So, give us a call. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process, 
designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. I make them into easier to understand elements. Each question is tackled live without pre-screening, and some topics are more challenging than others. And that's a good thing because it allows every Invest Talk caller to shape the content of the podcast. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve or Justin. This is Todd in Birmingham, Alabama, home of the $3 gas. That's for you, Steve. I was calling today on Borg Warner, BWA. It had a large sell-off after it reported today. It's down to $43. I still feel like the fundamentals are good on this. Uh, the PE ratio is below 10, the PEG below one. Wanted to get your opinion if I should buy more here or uh, hold or sell. Thank you. Borg Warner, everybody. BWA. And yes, I'm very jealous about your gas per uh, per gallon. Mine is $5.20 to $5.50 a gallon now. Can you believe that? $5.25.50 a gallon. Depending on what station you go to, it really is disturbing when I have friends coming in from Georgia who already came in and told me how much he paid. And he was paying like $2 to three, $2 to two fifty. I'm thinking, geez, wines are so expensive. Anyways, Barker Warner, everybody. BWA manufactures engine and drivetrain components for light vehicles, original equipment manufacturers. So it's in the auto industry. Therefore, it's very cyclical in nature, attached to the economic cycle. It's done very well, and it's just sold off just recently. Um, is it a good buy point at this point? It actually had a good day today, up uh, 2.7%. I'm going to say no, not yet. Um Let's take a look more at the fundamentals. You're right. It's trading at a forward PE, forward PE of 10, meaning that you know the five-year range is 5 to 19, so it's right in the middle. So it's not a bargain. Right now, if you look at it, it's an 8 PE because you're not looking forward. you got to look forward, not backwards. For instance, it made $4.59 in 2022 per share, $4.59. This year, it's going to make $4.06 down 11%. That's what's going to drive your PE. Now, next year, 2024, it's going to be $4.68. So maybe, you know, you're looking at a 9 PE-ish. So it's coming back down. Most recent quarter, which would be June quarter, sales growth was up 20%. I'm thinking you might be a little late. Looks like a double topped is coming off. I think you wait. 
I think, yeah, it came down. It's given you a buy point, but I don't think necessarily it's done coming down. I could see it easily going to like $37, $38 a share before I, I buy. It could go down to 34 35 and That looks like a much stronger place to buy it once it hits there and it starts to come back. Borg, Borg Warner. BWA. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning. Here's a little preview. In the market conditions sections, we explained that U.S. stocks had a mixed week as they experienced their largest one-day decline in months, joining a wave of risk-off trades and global sell-off amid concerns about economic stability. The surprise downgrade of the U.S. debt rating by Fitch and stronger than expected jobs data were two contributing factors affecting markets this week. The S&P fell 1.4%, its biggest drop since April, while the Nasdaq composite, composite dropped 2.2%, its largest decline since February. After seven days of weakness, however, the market was recapturing losses midway through the trading day today, but it fell off at the very end, as you noticed. Okay, um... The biggest news of this week was the downgrade of the U.S. credit rating market by Fitch. The move from AAA to AA+, may not have an immediate impact on the average taxpayer and consumer, despite the downgrades. U.S. treasuries are still seen as the safest fixed income asset in the world. I don't know if you noticed this, and I don't know if you're hearing this very much, but we are very close, and this is not in the newsletter, we, meaning the U.S., is very close to paying more, more in interest debt, interest we're paying for people holding our debt, than we pay for, and I'm not, I didn't, I didn't check this out, I just heard this on the news, than we are paying for our annual military budget. That's a lot of money we're just paying for interest, people, and we're just putting on more and more and more debt. It is stupid. We don't need to be doing this. It is stupid. Really, it is. Anyways, on the jobs front, the U.S. economy added fewer jobs than expected in July, with non-farm payrolls increasing 187,000, slightly below below the forecast of 200,000. Job growth in May and June was revised lower, indicating a potential slowdown in labor demand following the Federal Reserve's interest rate hikes. There's, of course, a lot more commentary and detail in the newsletter, everybody. So you can get that in detail if you want. In the stock ideas section, remember, we always provide two ideas every week. The largest integrated provider of traditional solid waste services in the United States. It operates 259 active landfills and about 337 transfer stations. The company serves residential, commercial, industrial, and in markets. It is also a leading recycler in North America. The stock price has sold off over the past month and now rests on the 200-week moving average. It should find support near this level. Support. Support's always good. Support. The stock is supported at this level. Those are the areas that you want to be a buyer at. Support levels. Now, yeah, and we also looked at a company that sells scientific instruments and laboratory equipment, diagnostic consumables, and life science reagents. The firm operates through four segments as of mid-2023. It has been successful in implementing price hikes within its portfolio. 
The firm's PCR test windfall was massive. As of 2022, the company has free cash flow of $5.6 billion with a net margin of 13.75%. We name names in the newsletter, everybody. So I've given you a sample teaser of the latest KPP premium newsletter. Remember, it comes out every week. Okay, and you're going to get the full report every Saturday morning via your email every Saturday. And they also get the portfolio consumer watch sections. There's two other sections, four sections altogether. Learn more and subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Let's grab another caller question now from 888-99-CHART. Hey, how do I go about deciding what situation is best for me in the long run, whether it's investing in an ETF that tracks, say, the S&P 500 or total market stock index or investing in just individual stocks? What is going to be best for me in the long run? How do I decide that? Well, of those, I'm always a believer in individual stocks as long as you have a good variety of different sectors and not you know, a proper balance and rebalance every year. But for those who can't do that and don't know how to do that, your best bet is probably using ETFs and investing in the various sector indexes or the overall market itself. The S&P 500, the Dow 30, the Russell 2000, Russell 1000, Russell 5000. There's all kinds of indexes. And they even have ETS for each sector. So if you want to favor a particular sector because you think that sector looks really good going forward, you can buy a sector of that, uh, an ETF that follows that particular sector. But. I don't recommend people buying individual stocks if they don't know how to do the research to see if those companies are good or bad or different. Okay? And there's certain stocks you can buy, you know, and you know they're going to do well. I mean, it's hard to imagine uh, Amazon and Google, Microsoft, Apple, ExxonMobil, Chevron, AT&T, Verizon, on and on and on. There's these big blue chip companies that will probably do very well in your lifetime. Okay, Some will do better than others, but that's what I would do. Okay, on Fridays, I generally make a, take a little bit of time out to run a quick rundown, to do a quick rundown on the key benchmark numbers. So let me hit the list for you. The two-year Treasury yield is at 4.81%. It was 4.85 last week. And you know, as I, you know, I've told you many, many times now, 84 weeks ago is 0.64. Then the Fed started raising rates, and the result is now the two years at 4.85. The 10 years at 4.07. So the yield curve is still inverted, and I'm telling you that I think the 10-year Treasury is too low and it will revert to norms at some point in relationship to the two-year. In other words, the two-year will yield less at some point than the 10-year. Okay? And 82 weeks ago, uh, the 10-year was at 1.76. Remember, the two-year was at 0.64. 10-year at 1.7. That's the normal yield curve then. Now... The 10-year pays less than the two-year. That's abnormal. That's an, what we call an inverted yield curve. Gold was, that's bad, by the way, just to let you know. It's always been a precursor to a recession. Problem is, is we don't know, there's no way to know how soon it will follow the recession path after it inverts. 
Look how long it's not followed a recession path yet. We're moving on to two years, year and a half. Okay, uh, gold, $1,942 an ounce. 75 weeks ago, it was 1806 It seems to have a lot of trouble getting above 2000 Gets close and sells back off. Silver today, $23.67 an ounce, $23.67. 70 weeks ago, it was $23.94. So it hasn't done anything in a year and a half. And the, the, the my, my sore spot, oil. Oil was selling for $82.75 a barrel today. Last week was $79.77. 51 weeks ago, it was $89. 65 weeks ago, it was $97. 82 weeks ago, it was 66 so, you know, that's kind of been the, the move. The national average for a gallon of regular gasoline is $3.83. Last week, it was $3.73. In California, it, the average was $5.04. $5.04. I'm telling you, though, I'm paying between $5.20 and $5.50 per gallon here in South Orange County. For comparison, Kentucky's today was paying at paying three dollars and thirty-five cents a gallon at the pump. <sighs> it's very disappointing uh, for me. I'm glad for the Kentuckians, but here in California, we're paying top dollar for no good reason, no good economic reason. Actually, it hurts the economy, the average person, because that average person still has to buy gas. And having a gas price so high, it means it hurts the poorest people. Anyways, very disappointing. Jobs, as I mentioned earlier, jobs report came for, out for July, 187,000. Uh, no change in the unemployment rate. These were the fewest uh, jobs since December of 2020. Uh, well below the average of this year of 312,000. Remember, it's 187,000. Uh, 312,000 month over month for last year. Post-COVID rush to hire seems to be over. In other words, when we came out of that COVID thing where everybody was laid off, all that stuff, and then no one, the employers weren't hiring and and weren't hiring people, then after that, we reopened our economy. The economy started to expand dramatically. Jobs started to be created. I'm talking about that rush, post-COVID rush to hire people looks to be over. So from this day forward, we're probably looking at a more normal job creation or lack of job creation or great job creation kind of stats going forward. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Should you short the long-term treasury? Shorting means you think interest rates on the long-term is going to go up. I just got done telling you that we have an inverted yield curve, and I just said that I think at some point, and not the distant future, not the too distant future, the yield on the 10-year will exceed the yield on the two-year. That would be normal. But maybe both yields should go, maybe the two-year will go way down. And the 10-year stays stay the same, and therefore the yield could be normal. But I'm telling you, maybe you should think about shorting the 10-year, because I think that rate's going to go up, the 10-year rate, the yield on the 10-year going to go up in relationship to the two-year. So both the, both things can happen at the same time. The two-year yield could go down, and the 10-year yield could go up, okay, thus giving us a back, getting us back to a normal yield curve. But why am I even thinking about shorting? Why would I, why would I, why would I think that might be, 
a, a trade we should think about. Number one is persistent long-term rates is the way it's been. It's been persistent inverted, persistently inverted. That's not normal. Sticky inflation. I think inflation is not going to go back down to 2% like the Fed wants. I think it's going to be higher than that. Um, so deglobalization. Deglobalization. In other words, we were globalizing. Now we're not globalizing. We're going to start retracting back to making things here. And I think that I think that's going to cost more because we got an increased worker bargaining power. In other words, they're going to ask for more money per hour. More money per hour is inflationary. And finally, energy transition going from going from oil based, gasoline based toward uh, electric car base. That's going to take a long time, though. But we are in the process. So all that, I think, might mean that the, I'm talking about long term, that the Treasury is going to be higher than the, the 10-year higher than the two, and I think it's going to go up. Therefore, shorting it would make you some money. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break, so get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Jacob from New York, and I love your show. Good job, guys. Just wanted to get your thoughts on CRM, Salesforce, CRM. Uh, it's just one of those symbols that I like for a long, long, very long hold. I know your stance on tech, generally speaking. I know it's probably not a buy point this second, but I just was wanted to get your thoughts, generally speaking, and also uh, what you think a future buy point would be for uh, this particular one. Thank you so much. Bye. I like Salesforce a lot. I always have the symbol of CRM. Provides on-demand customer relationship management software applications and services to business. It's selling at $214 a share. It's a $209 billion company, so it's big. But I like the software. Provides on-demand customer relationship management software applications. That is only going to get more and more and more uh, more and more and more demand for that kind of software. And as long as they stay on the cutting edge, they'll do very good. Their earnings are constantly going up. They're going to make $7.42 a share this year. And that's up 42%. Next year, $8.11. But it's not cheap. This is the problem. It's a very good company, but it's not inexpensive. Sales growth has been slowing down to 11% the most recent quarter, 11%. We haven't got the June quarter yet numbers, but 11% in the, uh, the quarter before the April. So, um, but a year ago, they were in their 20s. So it's slowing down. I have a feeling you're going to get a nice pullback on this stock. The forward PE is 28, and the five-year range is 29 to 89. So it's near its lows. Now, for a buy point on, on Salesforce, I think around $200 would be a much better place 
Um, it, it's bottom low, low, low is a low it made in 2022 after coming off 194, went all the way down to 126. And that was a perfect buy point there. But I don't think it's going to go down that low. I think it could easily go to about 165, 170. And that's where I would be much more interested in buying it at this stage. But maybe you should put a little bit on after it's fallen off from its high of 238 down to 214. Maybe you should buy it when it hits around, you know, 225 area. Two, I'm sorry, the two probably 14 to 15, which is right where it is now. But I kind of wait for some sideways movement. It, 205 seems to be a pretty good support. 200, 205 seems to be really the best place to buy it right now. And I probably would wait. I love the company, though. I think it's very, very strong. I really do. Uh, and long-term, it has a very long-term track record. I think it's going to be around for a long time. Tesla, Tesla owners say cars reach only half the range advertised. This is our uh, this is a, an attempt to get a class action lawsuit going in California here. And, of course, we are the class action capital of the world. Everybody loves to sue everybody here in California because, you know, we got very, very, very uh, plaintiff-friendly juries here and a lot of attorneys. Uh, so they're trying to get file. They're trying to file as a class action suit. And uh, I think that they have a case. I, if they can show or prove that this is true, I think they have a case. They are say, saying that the software in the car jumps way down really quick at certain points of usage, indicating that you're not getting the mileage they say you're getting. It's one of the complaints anyways. And, you know, that may or may not be true. I don't know. I'm just pointing it out. Also, also a point of interest, Apple, Sung, Samsung, and HP freeze all imports of laptops and tablets to India. They shut it down. Okay, India has banned inbound shipments without a license. And apparently these licenses are, you know, not that hard to get, but the process wasn't explained to them soon enough to get the license. So it was a surprise to them. The regulations weren't in place very long. So they have a month now. India is not, you know, not trying to stop imports, but they're really trying to boost their own, you know, industries. Which doesn't every country do that? Sure they do. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please be sure to review us and rate us on iTunes if you download us through there. And we have now passed, surpassed 54.6 million downloads, and I really do appreciate 54.6 million. Independent thing and share success. This is the Best Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. 
InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.